From crypto winter to crypto geopolitics, from ChatGPT to AI avatars, from zero-proof identity to CBDCs and new forms of GovTech. Join inventors, artists, musicians, gamers, bankers, policymakers, and rebels for a discussion on how technology is reshaping our world. From our offices in Dubai, this is the UAE Tech Podcast. When I was a grad student at Berkeley, wow. I realized how, you know, critically important cryptography was mm. for the survival of humanity and democracy and everything. And it's the only way to protect people, you know, for people to protect themselves in the information age. I realized that in 82, I proposed this stuff at Beard Inside of America, the card computer and all that. And so I, yeah, so I organized this conference and, uh, the paper I presented there was how to use blind signatures to make a digital bearer instrument. So all this blockchain stuff can be traced uh, to that. I think if you go back and look at my dissertation at Berkeley, which came out the same year, also is uh, it has this full specification for a blockchain in it that is actually executable. Uh, and it, uh, there's an article about it. You look at my Trump.com and you go to the computer systems established, maintained and trusted by these suspicious groups. Uh, that's my dissertation. And you'll see the, re the article that others have written about how it has all the elements of blockchain except proof of work. David Chum is a mercurial gentleman. He's gone from pretty much inventing digital cash, the main thing he missed being Satoshi's proof of work, to consulting on CBDCs, working with European bankers, and plotting to stop solar warming by blanketing the sun with solar dust, possibly from the moon. We managed to get a hold of him when he was in a bit of a cantankerous mood in Singapore, but the interview was memorable nonetheless. Personally, Charm reminds me of a generation of idealistic Western boomers that somehow morphed into the establishment. Listening to him sort of feels like watching the Star Wars remakes. But hey, what do I know? After all, few on the UAE tech podcast have ever enjoyed such a tech pedigree. This is from Charm's Wikipedia page, and I quote, Born in 1955, Charm is an American computer scientist, cryptographer, and inventor. He's known as a pioneer in cryptography and privacy-preserving technologies, and is widely recognized as the inventor of digital cash. His 1982 dissertation, Computer Systems Established, Maintained, and Trusted by Mutually Suspicious Groups, is the first known proposal for a blockchain protocol. Complete with the code to implement the protocol, Charm's dissertation proposed all but one element of the blockchain later detailed in the Bitcoin white paper. He has been referred to as the father of online anonymity and the godfather of cryptocurrency. End of quotes. So without further ado, the UA Tech Podcast is pleased and at times a little befuddled to announce David Charm. David, thank you so much for joining again. Apparently, you're coming at us from Singapore, and Oscar, you're in Hong Kong. Thank you. So I know you guys just met up in Singapore, which sounds lovely, very jet set. What's happening out there? Because obviously, the Singapore technology scene is always seen as a peer over here in the UAE. And there seems to be a lot going on in, in this space over in Singapore. So everyone's keeping an eye on it. Um, David, how have you been finding it over there? 
Well, it's been great. Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, uh, been invited to participate in all these kind of inner sanctum meetings with central banks and uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, stuff. And we have, uh, it's, it's quite a, a thoughtfully organized event, uh, which last year had 70,000 people, the Singapore FinTech Week. And, you know, they read my my stuff before they invited me, which, you know, is not that usual with the conference org. I'm very, it's, and they consider policy, you know, uh, and, and, uh, uh, uh technology and, and infinite. so it's, it's, uh, I, 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 it's great here. Um, and, um, you know, of course we ran into a lot of people that I've known and, uh, it's, um, but they gave me a really good, uh, keynote slot, I mean, I've given a few keynotes and different things, but and panels, but there's a real good slot uh, on Thursday at 2.30 in the afternoon. So this is pre-recorded, but it'll come out, I think, just after that. But that's where I will announce this Better Than Money uh, technology for the first time publicly. And I'm very excited about that. And I've, uh, yeah, so I think it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very significant uh, event in the history of uh, all this uh, it will turn out to be i definitely want to ask you about your work on, on on better than money and what that involves uh but oscar you were also uh, schmoozing around singapore um how did it go what what what's happening out there and what were you working on with david well it was very lucky that i um, had a stopover for a day in singapore and david is involved in such many different aspects of uh, the Singapore FinTech Festival, starting with uh, AstroCool yesterday and um, democracy. Well, the, the presentation he made was, um, what was the name of the presentation, David? Something like that, yeah, AstroCool and democracy, yeah. So that was about the seventh estate voting technology. And, you know, uh, they have a university here, Singapore University of Social Sciences, whose president recently was interviewed and claimed that it's the only university in the world that has as its mission to make the world better for people. And I was very impressed by that. And so, you know, they invited me to give a keynote at this uh, thing they have. And then there's a course they're having about, about FinTech and I'm gonna be giving a keynote at that. This is like, so in, in context of democracy, you've developed a lot of uh, voting systems. <laughs> well, you know, Oscar, that's true. And uh, actually, uh, there's a, a little book that I've got. It's, I've written it's uh, it's uh, called AI Keto, and it's uh, basically about using uh, cryptography. And you know, there you go to turn AI on to itself to allow it to help us preserve democracy and preserve rule by people. And that's a longer conversation, but I'm looking forward to uh, turning to that when I get this better than money thing uh, a little bit, you know, off to the races. Um, but there's, you know, uh, a lot of... In a lot of interest in it, both at national levels and then, you know, the venture funds and so forth. And it's, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm sort of doubling down on that. 
But th thanks for putting that out, Oscar. Yeah, that that was a really fun. Uh, yeah, and it was followed directly with a closed door roundtable with uh, the BIS Bank of International Settlements that David was speaking at, and um, uh, you've been working with IBM on some technology there as well on CBDCs. Yeah. Now I don't want to be you know tarred with the the CBDC. Uh, uh, brush, but uh, you know, just to just to make be very clear, what I've done in the CBDC world is I took something that was um, you know the original eCash, which I invented in like '82, and risked spending my whole life in jail by organizing a conference to talk about it when the National Security Agency said you weren't allowed to do that. And that would be, uh, you know, uh, they were going to come after me with the full force of the U.S. government. Was that at Berkeley? Uh, well, it, it was when I was a grad student at Berkeley, wow. I realized how, you know, critically important cryptography was mm. for the survival of humanity and democracy and everything. And it's the only way to protect people, you know, for people to protect themselves in the information age. I realized that in 82, I proposed this stuff at Beard Inside of America, the card computer and all that. And so I, yeah, so I organized this conference and uh, the paper I presented there was how to use blind signatures to make a digital bearer instrument. So all this blockchain stuff can be traced uh, to that. I think if you go back and look at my dissertation at Berkeley, which came out the same year also is, uh, it has this full specification for a blockchain in it that is actually executable, uh, and it, uh, there's an article about it. You look at my Trump.com, and you go to the computer systems established, maintained, and trusted by these suspicious groups. Uh, that's my dissertation, and you'll see the, the article that others have written about how it has all the elements of blockchain except proof of work. So, it, you know, it, uh, it, this has a lot of roots, but like I said, I'm doubling down on this better-than-money thing. I think this is really a very important thing globally because, you know, I had this epiphany uh, about six months ago, and you could say, well, you know, light dawns on marble head. I mean, why, after 40 years of after inventing electronic money, I realized how very important it is for the vast majority of people on the planet to have good money, and, you know, how enormously uh, uplifting that could be and how really important that is, how you can trace a lot of strife and division and, and you know, and struggle to just, you know, income inequality. This is not a healthy thing for the world. And, and uh, it, it, you know, we're seeing, I mean, just, you know, in the last weeks, some stuff that you could say is related to that. And there's a lot of stuff around the world. So it's, this is a big, big, problem and setting it right would be fantastic not only for the global poor but actually for everybody because all ships will rise you know if we can make the global economy a if we could take two trillion dollars worth of friction which is that is the revenue of payment companies annually that's according to mckinsey it's it's north of two trillion dollars a year now it, wow. it crossed over Trillion during the pandemic. That's pure friction. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, 
I mean, I on on the financial sector, I guess you're you're preaching to a lot of the converted, particularly on the UAE tech podcast. Uh, although we do have uh, bankers and fintech guys on the series, well, okay. but I, I, you know, but but you know, on, I mean, one of the one of the things that I wanted to well, ask I'm, you is what what is better than money, and what is do you believe in a kind of a global a global digital currency, and and how do you, why do you what is the idea or concept behind better than money? It's it's that that do you believe in a in a global currency is the wrong question. Because money is not the answer to anything. Money is a mistake. It's a misdirection, and we have to get over it because it's it's the problem. It's not something that you know we can uh, improve and it will it will make things better. What we need is something other than money because money is a screw deal, right? You hold money, you are going to stay poor. You know, the rich people they're they're taxing you with their Amex discounts, right? American Express card discounts. Right, they're taking the you. You pay a higher price because they get their part of their money back. Okay, you know you want to move money around to pay. You know to help your folks in back home. You're paying six, seven percent for remittances globally. I mean, it's a it's a crime against humanity. You know the, the even the World Bank was against it. They forced these companies to go to five percent. They all agreed, and now they're back up to seven. You know. And th 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 this is is just uh, you know uh, beyond the pale. So what what? But really, what we need is just just hear me out. So better than money. Well, let's talk about it, and then I can tell you how it can address these global issues. And uh, uh, if, if you like, okay. Well, so better than money is it's simply. I have a portfolio of assets. You have a portfolio of assets. I want you know to pay you for something, you know, for lunch or the you know share the whatever uh, you know, uh, or you know something more more substantial. Any event, uh, money comes out of my portfolio in proportion to my holdings, right? So, and it it. Value comes out and goes into your portfolio in proportion to your holdings. And I don't learn what you have in your portfolio or how much, and you don't learn what I have in my portfolio or how much, and the government or no one sees that you and I are transacting, at least not as a consequence of the payment. You know, you need a little bit of XX network uh, untraceability to really, uh, you know, keep things fully private, but uh the payment you know this aspect the the better than money is also better because it has privacy built in so uh um that's the basic idea asset direct asset portfolio to asset portfolio value transfer that's what you want you know there was a, there was the old song was a you know money that's what you what i want or something no that, that's wrong it's no what you want is direct asset uh uh, portfolio transfer. You don't want to hold money. You want to hold assets. That would mean everybody on the planet who just even, you know, they have a few bucks and they use it to buy food. They have to invest it all the time, all the money they have in their wallet. So they're actually gaining wealth and they're helping the markets by giving more information 
to the markets about, you know, for pricing and, and, and giving sort of wisdom of the crowd. And, uh, be, and, and, and so, uh, you know, they can, they can uh, they're not suffering from, you know, uh, the high inflation, like in a lot of places, or the, the chance that their economy will collapse and their money will become worthless. You know, this systemic risk is, you know, it's something that central banks, you know, talk about in hushed tones, you know, but it's it's both really a, 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 an exponentially growing problem because it's we've seen social media allows memes to spread and you know look at at uh, well look at GameStop or look at you know Silicon Valley Bank they've both been traced to people just yeah you know yeah. just so you know the current systems are very yeah. very. I, mean, very, I, very I, I think you're preaching to the choir because look at Lebanon. Well, um, I, I, and look, you know, I, you've 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 got in Lebanon, you've got you know, you've got oh, all these young people oh, exactly. Oh, and then oh, you've, you've got Lebanon is where people you know, yeah. bank rob Lebanon is. It's someone who goes into a bank with a with an assault rifle and asks for their own money. Exactly, back. exactly. I mean, you, you, it's a <laughs> symbol. It, it really is a, a symbol of decline. Um, I, I was listening to you talk, and I was also I was yeah. also. But, but yeah, yeah, but so, but you know, I I, I see you get, you know, yeah, sure, but the 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 thing is, it's it's not, yeah, uh, the real thing is to get everybody investing and gaining wealth, and to get rid of this systemic risk because i just want to say it is you know you know systemic risk is an exploitation of the commons in a in a deep sense right but who is being exploited which it's the poor because rich people could really care less you know that that you know they just get in their jet and go somewhere else for a little while and then they can come back and buy everything up real cheap you know they don't care so, so it's yeah maybe that you know so the, the point is systemic risk is, you know, is violence against the poor. And it's it's just, un, uh, you know, uh, unethical to uh, have a, a system that that forces them to bear those risks uh, and when we can easily get rid of it. So uh, let's let, let me just. Be, be clear. So I know, I know, I know. You and Oscar have, have discussed this a lot, and I, let me open this up to to both of you because I do have a question on this. I know you've you've both got a um, bit of a business background as well as a background in a lot of these debates. So I remember reading uh, an interesting essay and book by a UK based Italian economist called Maria Mazzucato. And she argued that the problem was not money. The problem was the financialization of the UK and American economies, whereby a lot of the financial derivatives and everything have created a economic ecosystem in which real value no longer exists. And she makes this distinction between price, what something costs, and its actual economic value, or even its human value. You know, what is 
the value of a house and what is the actual price that's probably worth. And she says, across our economies in uh, the UK and the US, but across the global economies, what we've really seen is a massive, very troubling historic disconnect between the true value of something and its actual price. And this is a, a more philosophical sure. version of, of the systemic uh, risk. So what do you guys think of that? Well, it's, I, 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 I think that uh, only makes the point more, you know, firmly that an asset-based economy is, is, is far preferable to a money-based uh, economy. And what kind of assets? What kind of assets are we talking about? And how would we well, be able to transfer me, them with C-Money? Let me tell you that, you know, 20 years ago, roughly speaking, BlackRock launched the, the, the you know, um, the, the uh, exchange-traded funds as an altruistic effort, you know, to improve the, 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 the lot of the poor. They wanted to open investments up to the, a, a broader audience, the same kind of access that the wealthy had. You know, ETFs had existed a little bit before that, but basically that was their mission. And that's what they, now there's over 1,100 BlackRock ETFs, I believe. And you can look at each one of them and see, you know, they're all useful sometimes to some people. Um, and it's, you know, I think if you look at ETFs, it's, isn't it the largest? I mean, I think, you know, you know, uh, assets under management, it's, it's like almost, almost half or something of the whole scene. It's, it's a, it's a massively successful thing. And the nice thing about those ETFs is each one is from what I've read, uh, for it, depending on the asset category, but generally they're they're a trust. Each is a separate trust, and they're backed by different. Each one has like different backers who come in and uh, you know uh, put more capital in uh, to help their customers, but and to and add more capital to the to that category. And it is uh, something that that the uh, you know. Uh, better than money is able to just, you know, leverage, just use. And this, we don't have to recreate what should people invest in or how would you manage the custody in a publicly verifiable way or, you know, would people really want that? Just look at BlackRock. They were doing it for the same reason I'm doing it, but they didn't have what I have, which is the ability to find these really unique cryptographic things that no one else seems to be able to do or have the vision and the you know i've worked really hard on this to find a way to get this to work because i figure this is a, the thing that is really needed and nobody else seems to have come up with it or even you know thought about it so because it doesn't seem practical or possible but it is and i've and i've done it and this is a breakthrough and i'm, I'm just i'm just thrilled about it so how do you solve the yeah. settlement the settlement of the asset sale when it gets transferred between two two wallets? The the price of the sale of the asset that is in custody from one to the other. You know, it's this is a 
you know, uh, part of the, uh, you know, secret sauce or magic or whatever you want to call it of better than money. You know, when you have two um, counterparties and they agree on basically an amount that, that they want, you know, to transfer. And then the, the one who's going to be the payer says, okay, I'm going to do it, right? Then what you have is a small range in, in better than money that the payer says, okay, this is the range I'm willing to do it at. I don't know what the exact market price is going to be at that moment when this gets out, my, my offer to do it at this price gets out. And so what happens is that the, the, the system, you know, we, it just better than money discretizes time in the settlement uh, uh, slots. And so during that settlement slot, the exact price of that's that's communicated is determined and a small amount is refunded to the payer. And then the, uh, the payee receives the exact amount because I had to find a new way to make, you know, a digital privacy protecting digital payment that can be done without the payer payee necessarily being online, but they mm. can receive locked value of an exact amount. So that's that's what what happens, and that happens during that. So what what you get with better than money is a transaction which settle which well which becomes irreversible with with sort of instant finality at an, at an exact moment in time, and um, it. But you know each the counterparties can look at the value transferred in their through their own lens you know one can think of it in dollars and another can think of it in you know bitcoin that's fine but the exact value is determined uh algorithmically at market uh prices because everything has to be at market prices so the value of the you know the interchange currency which c money which only exists ephemerally during these limited slots is is based on uh, you know, the market value of all the assets which are locked to support the system and the amount of issued uh, so that but this reflects the exact market price of everything. So you, you never want to have any kind of disparity because, of course, the arbitrage people will come in and, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so a couple of th this, this is starting to take form. A couple of questions. Um, what is the kind of social mission of this? How can it help reduce poverty? You gave us the ETF example. So well, how could that help someone in Lebanon or, or, or Africa? Well, and also, how do you think central banks will react to this, David? Are they going to love you or are they going to hate you? <laughs> well, Weirdly, I think they will like it, and I can explain that in some detail. I already talked about, you know, the global. Let's say the global poor. Now, of course, I, I, I don't, you know, just I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, like characterize this very large group of, you know, the vast majority of humanity probably, uh, you know, uh, it's any kind of broad brush, but. Uh, with all all due respect to them, I uh, uh, you know it, I imagine there's an awful lot of people that are unbanked and are living hand to mouth. I think it's forty to fifty percent. Then there's what's called the informal economy, which is another twenty to thirty forty percent of global economy. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff like that, 
and and you know I can't I don't claim to be an expert at all the aspects and dimensions of it, but I sort of imagine this, you know, without disparaging any group, a person who's living hand to you know they're 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 working and they're getting money they're selling their produce or whatever it is and they get that money and they use that money to buy food for their family and it just goes on like that and they're not accumulating well so they can't really think maybe i should learn how to program computers or you know you know write <laughs> instruction manuals or uh you know whatever train ai you don't know no, they they are they're busy all the time on that and they never get out of that and neither has their of the you know previous generations or probably will there you know the, the the future generations unless they start actually investing and and accumulating so well so they can do stuff and so what we're saying what i'm saying is better than money is just okay great you want to pay people you need to do that to stay alive that's fine but you have a little bit of money in your pocket for a certain amount of time when you do before you know comes in you hold it some of it and it goes out why don't you you let's we're going to force you to invest it basically and you don't want to hold it as money that's stupid hold you know invest it here you know if it's too much trouble just copy someone else's strategy like you know uh my, um my friends at eToro um you know say they invented social investing you know you just copy someone else's strategy or you know, a little bit of AI goes a long way to adjust, to advising you, suggesting what sort of assets you might want to have because you have some relatives here, you might be traveling there, you're buying this, you're that, you're, you know, there's a risk that the price of this will go up and that'll affect your, you know, your way to, that you make a living and, and so on. So, um, you know, it, it, it can actually be a, a pretty sophisticated um, and, and then so then, you know, people can pull themselves out of poverty. Otherwise, it's I mean, it's I don't know. Could you call it money slavery? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's just a, it's a bad it's a it's a trap. Yeah, it is. And, a trap. It is a trap. Well, I I mean, know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, there have been people looking at remittances and things like that, but it needs to go a lot further. Oscar, the uh, the sun has gone down where you're at over in Hong Kong. It has indeed. And we're we're coming towards the end of the discussion. Um what where is this going in future? So the, I think there's two sides to this. There's a lot of people that are very anxious because they think there will be a land grab and that digital money will actually compromise their privacy, compromise what they can spend money on, will augment the yeah. control of central banks. And then you've got this other argument where it will, you know, expand access and and enfranchise uh, hopefully billions of more people. So which future are we heading towards? What so, would you say, David? Uh, the, you know, John, the whole point of my work, everything I've done is to prove that the absolute strongest uh, systems, you know, systems that are, even infinite computing power cannot allow you to forge eCash2 because it uses so-called fail-stop signatures. You can't, an adversary cannot figure out which pre-image to the hash function you chose out of the two to 200 pre-images you could have chosen because it's a compressing hash function. Those images are published. And so that's what creates the ready to spend list in eCash2, which as as uh, was said, is was demonstrated 
uh, built by IBM and it works and, and you know several months ago it's it's uh, uh, so that's a CBDC with privacy built in right. strong security the best auditability of by far hands down over anything else out there so basically what I've been able to do is say and it's it has you know you have custody of your own money is say look no one can come in and say they have to give you a, a CBDC that's going to uh, take over your, you know, whatever, uh, uh, because because for the, because you need it's needed for security reasons. This is the best, and, and it's very scalable. There's no good argument for not doing it this way. And you know, uh, globally, all the conversations that my associates have with central banks uh, say that every in every country, really, where there's choice, people you know, are going to insist on privacy uh, in CBDC. And, and then that that's this kind of system. So uh, that's super great. But, but you know, they will have won the, the battle, but not the war. What we really need to do is move to better the money. And that's an easy thing because the technology is now here. And the, the financial technology is, is already in existence. And, and, you know, it's already deployed with the ETFs at a massive scale. And so we, we can actually uh, move in this direction uh, very expeditiously because you have uh, commercial banks can synthesize these products to their customers already without any infrastructure, just with the app, which, you know, we, we've actually, you know, have this, this iPhone app is, is uh, you can, the tricky parts of it, you can see them working and that we have the whole thing designed. You can see it in the video, uh, which I'll show when I announce the project. And then um, uh, it's, uh, you know, in the blockchain space, all the non-regulated, uh, you know, all the usual suspects, uh, the Bitcoins, Ethereums, and so on, and, and some of my favorite networks will uh, be, which I can't really plug, I guess, because of my government, but uh, the ones especially I like are the ones that can provide privacy, um, are uh, able to um, create those types of assets. And so your app will be able to mix and match between bank offered and uh you know, totally decentralized assets, uh, offerings. And, and then, you know, the, 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 the system itself can be decentralized, uh, along a couple of dimensions. Uh, and so, uh, that only enhances, uh, the robustness of it. So it's, it's extraordinarily scalable because the asset providers, do not have to have a real-time role in the system. So it, it, the more you add, you know, the better uh, from the investment point of view, but it doesn't impact the robustness or the performance, the reliability of the system. So that's a, uh, you know, the system scales across uh, asset categories and regulatory environments. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's ready to rock. Sponsor information. The UIE Tech Podcast is distributed by Alboweba Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, 
please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Alboweber Business, syndication distribution on Alboweber Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Alboweber is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.